Welcome to the ESBC Pulpit Podcast. Each episode contains preaching from the pulpit of Eastside Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. Hey there, welcome back to the ESBC Pulpit. We're glad that you've joined us today for this episode of the ESBC Pulpit. Uh, the message today is from Pastor Finley Cutshaw. It was uh, preached yesterday at our uh, Sunday morning service, February the 18th, 2024. And uh, it's a great message. I think you'll enjoy it about the ministry of an intercessor and how we uh, as individual Christians should be an intercessor in our life on the behalf of others. And uh, Jesus himself gave the example of being an intercessor for us. And so listen to today's podcast episode of the ministry of an intercessor out of Romans chapter number 10 and verse number one. Now here's Pastor Finley Cutshaw. I'm just saying, you know, Romans chapter 10. Are y'all awake this morning? I want to make sure you're awake. <clears throat> if you're here, say amen. amen. If you're not here, say amen. That's everybody. Good. All right. Romans chapter 10. We got all the bases covered. Romans 10, 1. The Bible says here, the Apostle Paul writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, brethren. So he's talking to the believers, talking to the church at Rome in particular, but handed down to us because of the inspired word, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. This is the Apostle Paul bearing his heart concerning his desire for his countrymen, his fellow brethren, his native people, if you will. When I say fellow brethren, they weren't born again brethren, but they were his brothers as far as where they all came from, same background and so forth. It would be the same as us saying, praying for our fellow Americans. It would be the same idea. But Paul here is practicing what, or he's mentioning what I'm wanna, I want to talk to you about this morning, and that is intercessory prayer. I want to preach to you on the ministry of an intercessor. And I'm, I'm calling this a sermon slash study this morning. And my heart's desire and prayer is this, that God would raise up some intercessory prayer warriors out of Eastside Baptist Church. And I know many of you are already doing that. You practice intercession, you pray for others. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. And some of you maybe have done it without thinking through it, kind of like what we're going to talk about today. But I hope you'll be inspired uh, to even go to a different level with this ministry of intercession. So you're in Romans chapter 10 and verse number one there. We're going to be looking at a few different passages of scripture this morning, but I want to give you a quote from Sidlow Baxter. Sidlow Baxter had this to say, men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. They're helpless against our prayers. And so I want to preach to you on this subject of intercessory prayer. Let's pray together and we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for what we can learn from it. And I pray today that you would uh, deal with our hearts about this matter of intercession. Lord, I pray that we would recognize the fact that this is something that every one of us can do and every one of us should do. But I pray even more specifically today, perhaps there's someone here that could not go to the mission field themselves or they could not go and knock on a door uh, to someone themselves, but Lord, they are burdened. 
And perhaps you might lay some specific people group or country or even city or some individual person on their heart. And I pray that they would be willing to pray and seek your face on behalf of that person or those people from now until the day you take them home. I pray, God, that you would have your way in this message. And I pray the Holy Spirit would do a genuine work within our hearts concerning this matter of intercessory prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, first of all, I want you to notice what is intercession? What does it mean to be an intercessory prayer warrior, if you will? And so what is intercession? Basically, it's a type of praying, but simply stated, at least what I'm shooting at this morning is this. It means to go to God on behalf of another person. To go to God on behalf of another person. And uh, they may not want to go to God. They may not even need their, know their need to go to God. But you know them and you know their need and you know God. And you can go, go to God on their behalf. And so I want to encourage you to think about that with me this morning. We see this clearly illustrated in the Bible. In fact, we see it illustrated on our behalf in the Bible. In Romans chapter 8, in verse number 26, the Bible says of the Spirit of God there, the Holy Spirit, says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, our weaknesses. Kind of like the song the ladies sang, Carry Me, and the Holy Spirit of God will do that. He helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. In other words, as much as we may know, we don't always get it right when it comes to this matter of prayer. But we know, he knows rather, what we ought to pray and how we ought to pray. Notice what it says that he does. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, the Spirit of God is interceding on your behalf while you're interceding on behalf of someone else. When you go to God in prayer, the Holy Spirit goes to God in prayer on your behalf. That is an awesome truth in the Word of God. I love it. Every time I bow for prayer, I think of this. I won't say every time, most times. I think of it quite often that when I am praying, the Spirit of God is praying on my behalf as well. Romans 8.34 has this to say, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even, listen, at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse number 25, the Bible says there concerning Jesus that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. In the Old Testament, the priest had to go to the Lord for himself first of all and he would have to offer for his sins and then he could go to God on behalf of the people. He would also have a limited amount of time he could do that in. He would only be able to live his lifetime and he could intercede during that lifetime. But the Bible's telling us here that we have a greater high priest in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the book of Hebrews is all about and it says that he will never have to confess for his own sins and he will never end his life. He's always going to live forever and ever, and he is interceding on our behalf forever. What a wonderful truth there. I I believe this matter of intercession, we can say this about it, uh, an intercessory prayer is a means by which we can love others on behalf of Christ. Intercessory prayer is a means by which we can love others on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me show you this in the life of Christ, John chapter 13. John chapter 13, and notice verse number 1 with me this morning. In John 13 and verse number 1, the Bible speaking of Jesus, and by the way, this is not long before he goes to the cross. 
John 13, 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. By the way, you remember how he departed out of this world unto the Father, right? He died on a cruel cross. He was beaten. He was scourged. His beard was ripped out. He was humiliated. And then he was nailed to a cross and he hung there until he died. He departed out of this world that way. And it was because of our sins. He did this for you and me. But notice what it goes on to say. Uh, He was departing this world unto the Father. Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Now, by the way, Judas was still in the group in in John 13 here. And Jesus girded himself with a towel and, and washed the feet of all of those disciples. And I want you to understand something here. You have a picture here of Christ loving a man who was rejecting him all the way to the end. I want to tell you that Christ loves us to the very end and we ought to do the same for other people. But notice in that same line of thought, Christ's love for those that he came to save. Look at John 17. John chapter 17, this matter of praying is a means by which we can love others on behalf of Christ. Jesus loved them to the end. And look at John chapter 17, John 17, 9, I pray for them. That's the Lord Jesus speaking. I pray for them. Notice he says in verse number 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. What's he doing? He's interceding. And then look at verse number 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Guess what? That comes all the way down to us. Christ is interceding. Now, and one thing I'll add to that is this. Even on the cross, you remember what the Lord Jesus did on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was interceding. He loved them to the end. I want to tell you something, folks. That's what intercession is. These are tremendous examples in the Bible of intercessory prayer on our behalf. The Holy Spirit goes to God on our behalf. Jesus goes to God on our behalf. And when you and I go to God on behalf of someone else, we're partnering with God. We are working together with God to see souls converted, to see lives changed, to see uh, people that have gone astray rescued when we take this matter of intercessory prayer seriously. And so we need to be intercessors. What is intercession? It is going to God on behalf of another. The second thing I want you to see in the scriptures are some examples of intercession. We see these in the lives of two different people. We're going to look at both of them. First of all, Abraham. I've already mentioned Paul, and we'll come back to him in just a moment. But would you turn with me in your Bible to Genesis chapter 18? In Genesis chapter 18, we see one of the early examples of intercession. Uh, In fact, possibly the earliest example of intercession in Genesis chapter 18, verse number 20. Here's Abraham, he's dwelling there in the plains and he's got his tent set up and I'm giving you a little background here. He looks out and sees three men approaching and Abraham entertains them as he should as company and uh, we discover that uh, I believe one of them is actually the Lord himself. And uh, in Genesis 18 and verse number 20, he begins to tell Abraham what he's going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says in Genesis 18, 20, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. If you mark your Bible, you ought to underline that. 
God's attitude hasn't changed about that. Even though society celebrates the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah today, God is still grieved by it. And I want to tell you something. I want you to notice this. Look at the next verse, verse number 21. I will go down. This is the Lord speaking. I will go down and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. Can I tell you something? God already knew. Just like he already knew where Adam was. When he came down into the garden after Adam had sinned, God didn't need Adam to tell him where he was. But he still said, Adam Where art thou? Why? Because God is a merciful God. God already knew, but in his desire to spare uh, even the wicked, in his desire to see them repent and change their ways, God was willing to delay his judgment just a little longer. And I believe that's why it says he came down to investigate in this way. Verse 22, and the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. I believe in the company of three that came, two went on towards Sodom and one stayed there and Abraham had a conversation with him. The Bible tells us here that Abraham began to intercede. Doesn't necessarily use that terminology, but that's what we see here. Abraham begins interceding on the behalf of these wicked cities. It begins in verse 23 and continues all the way down to verse number 32. Now, I know that Abraham's desire was to see his nephew Lot and his family rescued. He did not want to see God's judgment fall upon them. Now, notice that. That is a motivating factor for his intercession, his going to God on their behalf. But I want you to see something here, that God welcomed even intercession uh, from Abraham concerning the wickedest cities we know of in Scripture in the past. Those two wicked cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, God welcomed Abraham coming to him and pleading with them. He starts with 50. He said, Lord, if there be 50 righteous, would you spare the 50 among the wicked? Would you spare the city if there's only 50 there? And you know the story how it goes on. Six times Abraham says to God, oh God, let me come one more time to you. Let me say it one more time. Let me ask you one more time. Oh Lord, and he's kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, I don't want to impose and I don't want to be too forceful and I, I don't want to overstep my bounds, but oh, Dear God, please, all the way down to 10. Now, I got to ask you a question. If God was willing to hear Abraham on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah, you think he's willing to hear us on behalf of Memphis, on behalf of Bartlett, on behalf of Arlington, on behalf of Lakeland? And you know, in our minds, we start thinking, oh, Memphis needs God. Look at all the terrible things going on in Memphis. I'm so glad I'm in Bartlett. I'm safe in Bartlett. Can I tell you, Bartlett needs God too. Amen. Lakeland needs God. Every city in this nation needs God. And God wants to raise up. I believe this with all of my heart. God's put this message on my heart for weeks and weeks now. And finally the green light has come to preach it. And I believe God wants to raise up some dedicated prayer, intercessory prayer warriors on behalf of the cities and nations of the world today. Abraham begged God. You know the the thing that happened. You know that uh, 10 was too many. How sad. How sad. You know, I want to say this, and I don't want to infringe on Abraham. He was a wonderful, godly man, but maybe he started interceding too late. You see, maybe if he had been interceding to God long before for the eyes of the men and women of Sodom to be opened, or let's go one step further, if the man that lived there that knew the condition of the city 
If Lot had been interceding on behalf of the city, perhaps Sodom and Gomorrah wouldn't be a history lesson in the wrath of God. And so you have this example of Abraham. But I want you to go with me back to the New Testament. Let's look at Paul for a moment here. Look first with me at Romans chapter 11 and verse number 13. Romans chapter 11 and verse number 13, you, you discover Paul's true calling. <laughs> he fought it to the grave, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes God's going to call you to do something that's not your first choice necessarily. This was not Paul's first choice. But here's what God called Paul to do. Romans eleven thirteen. 13, For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. Paul eventually accepted the calling of God for him to go to the Gentiles, but he wrestled his entire life with wanting to reach the Jewish people. He was overwhelmingly burdened for his Jewish brethren, the people that were like him, the people that, that knew something about God, but they were lost and headed for hell, and Paul knew it. He could see himself in those men that were dedicated to a religion that was empty and produced only hateful attitudes toward those that didn't receive it. Does that sound like anything in our modern day world today? Sounds a whole lot like Islam. But I'll tell you what, Judaism's the same way still today. And religion, all religion that leaves Christ out will become hateful and arrogant and will despise those that will not bow to their rules. I don't want to be that way, Amen. Uh, and so Paul becomes burdened. He's burdened for those that are lost among his brethren. And he communicates that burden with us here in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 1. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. He's not talking about national salvation. He's not talking about the, the nation of Israel being restored to being on top and, and the, the millennial kingdom being ushered in. He's talking about the salvation of their eternal souls one by one to see them come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. That was Paul's great burden here. He had been called to go to the Gentiles. But this burden was so great he could not escape it. Romans chapter 9 and verse number 3 give us a good indication of how strong that burden was. But go back there to Romans 9. I want to read the first three verses of Romans 9. This is on Paul's heart so strongly. He's writing in Romans 9 about it and he picks it up again in Romans 10. And notice what he says here in verse 1. And by the way, he's not writing to a group of Jews. <laughs> he's writing to the Gentile believers in Rome. And perhaps there were some Jewish believers in that church, uh, but Paul just couldn't help himself. By the way, every town he went to, you know what he did every time? He'd go straight to the synagogue. And uh, I, I said in the earlier service this morning, uh, Paul had all kinds of ministries going on. He had a jail ministry in almost every town he visited. Why? Because he always ended up in jail for preaching the gospel. <laughs> but Paul was burdened. And so here in Romans chapter 9, he begins to reveal this burden. Now listen, let me, let me remind you that the Holy Spirit of God is directing to Paul what to write here. These are not words coming from Paul that we, you know, sometimes we say things about ourselves and we, we speak a little higher than we should because we may feel a certain way at a certain time, but maybe it's not 100% accurate. You know, you know what I'm saying? But this is true because the Spirit of God directed Paul to write. Notice what he says here in Romans chapter 9, verse 1. I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. I, I wonder if maybe there's some relation to the thorn in the flesh that Paul carried. We don't know what it was. 
We believe it was a physical thorn. He had some kind of physical infirmity, but this could be in relation to that as well, I think. Paul was constantly grieving for his people, the lost people of Israel. He was so burdened. He said, it's a continual sorrow within my heart. And notice verse number three, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ. That's a burden. He said, I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law uh, and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. Paul knows what they need, and he's begging God for them to have it, and that is to accept Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior. Here's what Paul says in this passage of Scripture. He says, Lord, if it would be possible for me to go to hell on their behalf and let all of them be saved, Lord, I would do it. What an amazing thing to pray. Turn your Bible to Exodus 32. We have an example of this, and this is why I believe Paul prayed that way. You think, where would he get an idea to pray something like that? I can't imagine praying something like that. I don't think I would pray that on anyone's behalf, to be honest. I don't have that kind of burden. I certainly ought to have a burden, but not that. I don't have that kind of burden. And notice what he says in Exodus 30, 32, rather. Here's Moses, and Moses has, uh, is going to go to God on behalf of the children of Israel here. God would have been well within his rights to destroy them after they built those calves when they came out of Egypt and they worshiped the golden calves instead of God. And here's what the Bible says. Moses is going to go up to God and speak to God on their behalf. Verse 31, Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin... And then you see that dash in your Bible. It's literally words that could not be spoken. The Holy Spirit of God made sure that we had this written in Scripture. It is as if Moses is praying and he's so overwhelmed with this burden that he cannot continue to speak. You remember what the Bible said in the New Testament of the groanings which cannot be uttered? Perhaps this is when the Holy Spirit began to speak on Moses' behalf. And notice what it says here in the rest of the verse. And if not, Moses says... Blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book which thou hast written. Now, I don't have time to deal with the book of life, which is what I think Moses is probably referring to here. But Moses is praying like what we saw in the book of Romans there when the Apostle Paul said, I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ on behalf of my brethren. Moses is saying, dear God, if you're not going to spare them, if you're not going to forgive them, then dear God, blot me out. I'll tell you what, folks, those are examples of intercessory prayer. This was a burden that these men carried on behalf of their brethren, the people around them that they saw in need, that they saw in danger, that they saw in sin, and they were begging God to work on their behalf. We see the example of intercessory prayer. We see what intercessory prayer is. We understand that it is a means by which we can love others on behalf of Christ. Now I want to ask you this, one more thing. Would you consider being an intercessor? I mean, would you say, I want this to be my ministry? Paul was burdened for some people that he wasn't allowed to go to. <laughs> he did go after them. He did all that he could. 
but he had a burden for a people group that God had not sent him to. That's pretty amazing to me. And yet, instead of being angry or instead of giving up, what did Paul do? He committed his life to prayer for his own people. He witnessed to the Gentiles. He prayed for them as well. We see it recorded in Scripture over and over. But I believe Paul picked up the mantle of intercessory prayer work and he made that one of his ministries as well. And every day of his life he was begging God for the people of Israel. We need God to raise up some people like that in America today. We need praying on behalf of the church in America as a whole. We need people that are willing to pray for Eastside Baptist Church. We need people that are willing to find a one and uh, go to God on their behalf. We need people that are willing to choose even a people group perhaps that God would lay upon their heart. He may not call you to the mission field. In fact, you may be past your prime, so to speak, but you are still alive and able to be a prayer warrior for God. Ian Bounds wrote this, What the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations or more novel methods, but men and women whom the Holy Ghost can use, men and women of prayer, men and women who are mighty in prayer. Someone said this, and I don't know who it was, but I think it's a great statement. By intercessory prayer, we can hold off Satan from other lives and give the Holy Ghost a chance to work within them. No wonder Jesus put such an emphasis on this ministry and need for prayer. I want to ask you, has God called you to a ministry of prayer? Is there a city, a town, a state, a country, a people group, or even a particular church or a person? Or could I throw in a pastor <laughs> that you would be willing to have a special interest in and a burden for and that you would be willing to be a prayer warrior on their behalf? You may not be able to go to them with the gospel. You may not be able to bring revival to them. You may not be able to drag them out of the sin that they're in. But you could become an intercessor on their behalf. You could go to God and God could hear their voice or their group on your lips over and over and over again. I want to tell you, God will never be disappointed in that. God didn't scold Abraham and say, don't you realize how wicked those people are? God stood there and patiently listened to Abraham as he pleaded for an undeserving people to an all-powerful God. Perhaps there is no certain country or people group that you're burdened for. But let me ask you this. Would you be willing to ask God to place someone upon your heart? Maybe a nation, maybe a people group, maybe a city, maybe a public school here in our area, maybe a church, our church. Would you ask God to give you the kind of burden that He wants you to have in order to be the kind of prayer warrior that you should be on their behalf? I can't help but think of this, this song that I mentioned this morning. I couldn't find it at, at first, but the song is, Lord, lay some soul upon my heart. I want you to listen to a couple of the verses in that song. Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. And may I bravely do my part to win that soul for Thee. Lord, lead me to some soul in sin and grant that I may be endued with power and love to win that soul, dear Lord, for Thee. To win that soul for Thee, my Lord, will be my constant prayer that when I've won Thy full reward, I'll with that dear one share. Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. Would you pray that this morning?
Would you be sincere in asking God to do just that for you today? And perhaps some of you already have that person on your heart. There may be someone on your heart now. But you know what? God may want to expand your prayer list. I believe it's important that we are praying for people praying for nations even. And you, as I said, may not be able to go to the mission field, but you can pray for God to raise up others and God to work in the lives of those on the field. If you're willing to be this kind of prayer warrior, I want to give you some prayer pointers as we close this morning. Three things that I think are important that we would pray for as we become intercessory prayer warriors. Number one, pray daily and ask God to send laborers to the field He has laid on your heart. Pray daily that God will send laborers to the field that He's laid on your heart. Look at Matthew chapter 9. You might want to mark these in your Bible if you don't have them marked already. Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 36. He says in verse 36, but when he saw the multitudes, this is Jesus speaking, by the way, speaking of Christ, and then he speaks in a moment. Matthew 9, 36, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Now I want you to notice what Jesus did not do. He didn't stop what he's doing and say, you guys get down there right now and reach all that you can. What was his solution to the problem? Pray. Pray for laborers. I wonder are we doing that? If you're going to be a prayer warrior, an intercessory prayer warrior, you need to pray daily and ask God to send laborers to the field He has laid on your heart. Then secondly, pray daily for God to open the hearts of the people to receive the gospel message of Christ. Go to Acts chapter 16. Pray daily that God will open the hearts of the people to receive the message of the gospel of Christ. Acts chapter 16. This is a wonderful truth here, I believe. In Acts 16, 14. I love this passage. I love what it says. Some people, I believe, misuse the words that are here, but I want to explain what I think is being stated here very clearly. In Acts chapter 16, verse number 14, the Bible says, And certain, a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us. She came to God in an act of worship. She was humbling herself before God, but she was not a believer. She had the right attitude, but she didn't know the Savior yet. And the Bible says in the next phrase here, it says, Whose heart the Lord opened that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. What was Paul speaking? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was preaching the death, burial, and resurrection as the only hope of mankind to have their sins forgiven and to be saved for all eternity. Now what does it mean, whose heart the Lord opened so that she attended? It was as if the Holy Spirit of God said, Lydia, Lydia, listen right there. Listen, listen, listen. And then she had to choose to receive Christ. And I believe God will still do that on our behalf. We need to pray that God will get get their attention, that God will open their heart so that they will give attention and give heed to what's being preached by the person that we pray that God will send. And then thirdly, one last thing, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, in this 
great armor of God passage that God gave uh, to uh, to the Apostle Paul to share with the church of Ephesus. He told them to put on the armor of God and we need to do that ourselves every day. But he didn't end with the armor. I want you to notice in verse number 18 one of Paul's pleas here. And that is this, pray daily that God will give boldness to the Christians in the country or the place that you're praying for to declare the gospel. Pray that God will send a bold soul winner. That Christians that are already there will be willing to speak up. Sometimes that's what needs to happen. You know, that was the case with Lot. Lot was a believer. Lot knew who God was. Lot had offered sacrifice alongside of Uncle Abraham. He knew about the blood atonement. And he had at some point in his life received it. But he was not telling anyone else about it. And we need to pray that God will give boldness to the believers in that community so that they would stand and tell the truth of the gospel. Paul asked for this in verse number 18 of Ephesians 6. He says, praying always all the time with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now listen to verse 19. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I'll tell you what, the Apostle Paul is probably the boldest witness for Christ to ever live. I don't know anybody that was stoned to death, left for dead, and still got up and went preaching. <laughs> bold. Why was he so bold? Perhaps because he had some people praying for him to be bold. I want to encourage you to consider these prayer pointers if you're going to be a person that will become an intercessory prayer warrior. And I want to close by repeating my plea. Is God calling you to a ministry of prayer? Perhaps there are other ministries that you'd like to be involved in. Maybe you're limited in some way. But God's calling you. And you sense it in your heart. He's moving on your heart to develop a real genuine ministry of intercessory prayer. Maybe there's a country. Or maybe there's a people group. Or maybe there's a city or a church or a pastor. <laughs> and maybe there's a person that God's laid on your heart, your burden for that person, would you be willing to become an intercessory prayer warrior on their behalf? Maybe you're sitting here today and you say, well, there's no specific group or anything like that. Well, let me ask you this. Would you be willing to say, dear God, would you lay someone upon my heart? Maybe some country, maybe some people. You, might, you know what? God may lay a country on your heart that you've never even heard of before. Uh, I can remember one time in class and the professor uh, in, in Bible college, he said, ask God to give you a verse about a certain particular need in your life. And I asked God to give me a verse and I, and I never even thought about this. I didn't know what the verse said. But the Lord put 1 John 2, 2 on my heart. And I was struggling with uh, my assurance of my salvation. 1 John 2, 2 deals exactly with that issue. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. Would you be willing to say, dear Lord, would you lay someone or some country or some person on my heart and give me a burden to pray for them? If you'd be willing to do that, I believe God will give you an assignment. I believe God will give you an assignment. Maybe today you already have some folks or some nation, some people group. In fact, I would say maybe God wants every believer to have a certain country or people group that they pray for regularly. You may not be able to pray around the whole world. That's several countries, but maybe one place. You, you see, and that's really what I'm getting at this morning. 
We all pray, Lord, bless the world. Bless all of our missionaries. Help all of them. Lord, help all the people in Bartlett, etc. You know what I'm saying? We pray kind of general. But what about asking God to get specific with you so you can get specific with Him? Would you ask God to do that today? If you're here today and maybe you've never been saved, today would be a great day to be born again. <laughs> Somebody's probably praying for you right now. But this morning I'm really preaching to the Christians. I'm asking you to consider becoming a prayer warrior for God. Would you stand with me this morning? Brother Isaac's going to come and lead us in a hymn of invitation. And I want to invite you. Maybe you don't have that burden. Maybe you don't have that specific calling to intercessory prayer. Would you be willing to come and say today, Lord, if you'll lay them on my heart, you'll hear them from my lips over and over again. If God's spoken to you in that way, why don't you come this morning? Maybe you'd be willing to volunteer to be an intercessory prayer warrior on behalf of Eastside Baptist Church, Pastor Finley Cutshaw. I'll take it. Man, I'd love for my name to be on your lips over and over. And I know many of you tell me all the time, and I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it more than you'll ever know. God's spoken to your heart. I want you to come today. Whatever the need in your life is, bring it to the Lord in prayer. Once again, thank you for joining us for the ESBC Pulpit Podcast. If you have any questions or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us at Eastside Baptist Church. Our phone number is 901-372-2583. Hope you'll join us for the next episode of the ESBC Pulpit.